Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday, we release these special episodes that we're calling Classic Risk Singles. Each of these episodes features just one story from our earlier years. If you're new to Risk, you should know that the podcast can be very uncensored. This week, a story by the immensely talented Julia Whitehouse, who was Julia Wiedemann back when this story first appeared on the podcast in December of 2012. It's called The Life of a Smile. It's 1997. I'm a senior at Mercersburg Academy, a small boarding school in southwestern Pennsylvania. And my braces are off, so I have perfect teeth. Perfect, beautiful teeth. So I know. One, in the long term, I'm on my way to being a famous Hollywood actress. Two, in the short term, this is the year that one of the many boys that I have a crush on will want to kiss me. Now, I was a little bit of a weirdo. Uh, Everybody knew everybody in my school. It was a very small school, so everyone knew everyone, and everyone knew that I was an actress. And so... uh, (laughs) So I played up the, you know, just, I'm going to be famous. And, um, <laughs> and, and that was okay. And now that I didn't have braces and perfect teeth, I was like, well, one of these boys, uh, you know, I, I cast a wide net in the crush department. It's like, one of them is going to like me back. I, I, any, anyone was nice to me, I would be like, I can find something nice about them. And <laughs> so enter Patrick. Uh, He was Southern and a wrestler and cute and he would laugh at my jokes and I would laugh at his jokes and and he wasn't quite the boy that you would want to spend the rest of your life with because he was um, kind of dumb and uh, you know I mean like he was but he was nice so I you know so we were friends so we were we were great friends and but I had also a big old crush on him and and one night 
uh, at a required meal. We're sitting there at the table uh, while the plates are being uh, taken away and, and we're teasing each other like you do, you know? I'm like, oh, you're so weak. And he's like, no, I'm not. And I say, yes, you are. I am stronger. <laughs> and he's like, I'll show you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we get dismissed from the table. And uh, he grabs my arms and, and pulls them behind my back. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> like you do when you're play fighting with the opposite sex in high school. <laughs> and you desperately want to say yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and just give me the opportunity to say yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and no, no. And he starts walking or walking forward. And I trip over my, my feet. And, and because there was a cold tile floor for me to fall onto with my face, I did. <laughs> And a crowd of teachers and students form around me while I pick myself up. And, and people are like, oh my God, oh my God, what happened? And, and I see Patrick and he's like, oh my, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. If there's anything I can do, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. He looks horrified and I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. You know, besides the initial shock of falling on my face and the ever so slight taste of blood in my mouth, I'm fine, I'm, I'm fine, like I, I touch everything, I'm fine. Um, and I'm, I'm so thrilled that I'm fine. And, and the next three days over the Thanksgiving break, I convince myself that I am fine, even though the pain behind my left front tooth is increasing and uh, it's so intense. And also it looks as though um, someone has taken a pencil and shaded in my tooth a little bit more every day, and, but I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine until Black Friday when we pause for lunch, the shopping, and I order a Reuben sandwich and I can't bite into it without bursting into tears and I'm rushed to the dentist and, and I get an emergency root canal because uh, the root had been severed. Uh, from the fall, and uh, they had to remove it uh, through surgery, and uh, dental surgery, and, <laughs> and they took it out, and then they, they plastered it back up, and now I had a dead tooth. And besides being very careful when I ate carrots and apples, and that it would just become a deader and deader, blacker tooth, over time, like, my life could go back to normal. Okay. So, okay. And, and it looked, it looked, you know, at first it was like I could see it, but everyone was like, no, it's fine. I don't notice it. And so anyway, I go back to school with the dentist bill. I was to take uh, this bill to Patrick. And Patrick's father refused to pay because he said that I had refused help uh, after the initial incident. So Patrick was not responsible for any damages accrued henceforth forthcoming in so much as blah, blah, blah. Of course, my parents don't take no for an answer, and then the letter-writing battle begins. And the school gets involved, and this is before anybody has email, so it takes the rest of the year. And of course, I side <laughs> with my parents, and, and because they say it's Patrick's fault. He should pay. I'm like, obviously, yeah, sure. You know, that's what they say. So I agree with them. And naturally, Patrick sides with his father. And so we can't be friends anymore. Fine. And I graduate, and years go by, and my mom uh, occasionally says, you know, hey, Julia, do you ever think of getting back in touch with Patrick and seeing if you can get the money? <laughs> <laughs> and I say, no. No, no, no. I 
hate Patrick because Patrick stole my perfect teeth. And I know it sounds overdramatic, I get it, okay? But at this point in my life, all that I can think of is I just spent three years of my life suffering through braces and headgear, and not the normal kind of headgear that you have around your neck. I had the kind of headgear that goes over your head and makes you look like a horse, and I had to wear it during the day, the day. And all, that's all I can think of. And now I, I can't be a famous Hollywood actress. Not with a big black front tooth. That's not the niche I want to be in. <laughs> By no means. And you know, you know seriously, you know, and, and, and it was just getting darker and darker. And I thought so seriously, I was so worried about people noticing it. And I would look at pictures of myself and be like, there is the black tooth, there is the black tooth, there it is. And I thought, okay, fine, I won't be a Hollywood actress. I'll be a stage actress. That's what I'll do. You can't see it, you know, from so far away. That's, that's what I'll do. But you still have to take headshots, so these are my headshots. <laughs> like a Mona Lisa smirk. You can just read the, the resentment. That's me selling myself, you know, like, hire this one. You know, she'll, she'll solve your crime. I... I would have relationships with, with, with men, and when I knew that they were getting serious, I would uh, sit them down and, and say, I, I have to tell you something, as though I was about to uh, admit to having an STD or, or, you know, or having a child by another man or having a, a, you know, survived some horrible childhood abuse by a molesting uncle and say, I have a dead tooth. And they'd look at me and say, where? <laughs> And I'd be like, and this one, and so I can't see it. And I'd be like, yes, you can. You're a liar if you can't see it. And I, but it, but it did. It got darker, and it got darker. And um, but I did <laughs> eventually grow up, uh, and just chalked it up to childhood idiocy. And I didn't hate Patrick anymore. I just whatever. It was everybody's fault. It was nobody's fault. It's just a tooth. Whatever. And like my mother said, maybe one day I'd marry a dentist and he'd be able to cap it for free. <laughs> so, 10 years go by and I go to my high school reunion, uh, class of 98, and there's an after party at the local bar in town off campus. And I squeeze through to get to the bar. And I'm looking for the bartender and it's crazy packed and I realize I'm standing next to Patrick. And he sees me and he says, well, hello, Julia Wiedemann. And I say, well, hello, Patrick. And he looks a little fatter, a little older, and a little like he follows the impulse to drink every day, but didn't we all in our late 20s? <laughs> and uh, we start chatting about, you know, how funny all the old alumni are doing all the school cheers and how crowded it is and how good it is to see everybody. And he stops a moment and he says, I'm so sorry about what I did to you. And I know exactly what he's talking about, but I laugh it off. I say, oh, Patrick, psh, stop. That was years ago. Stop it. Forget it. And he says, I know. And I've thought about it ever since. I couldn't stand up to my father back then. But I have my own money now. I'd like to pay to fix your tooth. Please let me pay to fix your tooth. And I look at him, 
and I see my friend, and I realize I've wasted all these years hating him. He was that boy with this horrified look on his face. I'm sorry, I'm sorry if there's anything I can do. And I just hated him. And he'd spent all those same years feeling so guilty. And we'd ruined a friendship over a ruined tooth. A fucking tooth. So there we are, in the middle of southwestern Pennsylvania in a bar. Me, Patrick, and my dead tooth. Needless to say, I let him fix my tooth. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.